Rob Bro. He's your sports bro at KKAM.com and the Talk 1340 app. You guys are not doing any pass blocking. You're just stepping aside and letting them walk in. Pop, 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 pop. That's what I want. All of you around that ball. What's wrong with y'all? Don't play like some little girls. Y'all ain't got no play football before. Because of nothing. You hear me? They breathe just like we do. Yes, sir. They sweat just like we do. Do you hear me? They went through two days. We went through two days in 110 degree heat. Yes, sir. I want you to hit everything to move. If the ref gets in your way, you hit him. Okay, then. Let's play. But that team, us too. That gives us too. This is our team. This is us. Let's go right now. Let's get it off now. Let's go. Welcome into the Rob Bro Show. I am Rob Bro. As always, I am the host of this program. You are the co-host. I think there's a lot of things that we can get into today, namely Overreaction Monday. If you have an overreaction from the weekend, send it in, 806-855-3712. A couple of overreactions. The Padres are going to be in the World Series. I do not know who against. I would assume the Astros. Padres-Astros World Series. That's my overreaction. Not an overreaction on the Astros side so much. But I do want to see the Padres. The Padres fans were incredible this weekend. The Astros social media team was incredible this weekend. I can't believe I'm on the Astros side in anything. I do not like the Astros. But if you don't want an opposing team to belittle you online, don't get swept. Don't talk trash before the series saying, Houston, we are the problem, and then get swept. No sympathy from me. Zero sympathy from me on fans and national pundits who are upset that the Astros talk trash on Twitter. Will somebody think of the children? Keith Olbermann is crying in his basement right now because the Astros talk trash on Twitter. It's sad. It's absolutely sad. This overreaction from the weekend, Texas is back. I don't know. They beat Iowa State. Another overreaction, Texas Tech's offense didn't score a single point, and I'm worried. Luckily, the defense also forced a shutout. Yeah, that's pretty good from the defense. I don't think it's an overreaction either. My overreaction from the weekend, the Dallas Cowboys will have an opportunity to hire Cliff Kingsbury as the offensive coordinator over the weekend. Well, not over the weekend, over the offseason. And Dan Quinn should be his head coach. You should do everything in your power, even if even if the Cowboys go on a run. Even if. I would fire Mike McCarthy. 
I would promote Dan Quinn because this defense is more important than anything Mike McCarthy does. Keep Dan Quinn in charge. Get rid of the last vestibules of Jason Garrett in the building named Kellen Moore. I cannot believe they kept him. And hire Cliff Kingsbury. He will not make it through the season in Arizona. That is my... It's not really even an overreaction at this point, but that is my thought, that Cliff Kingsbury, after this weekend, is toast. He's absolute toast. And I don't know that it's necessarily his fault. But that locker room, that atmosphere, that culture in Arizona is a losing culture. I think a lot of it starts with the leader on the field, the quarterback, who this offseason had an awkward, strange, we're not going to sign him, oh wait, yes, we are going to sign him, we're going to sign him to a huge deal, but put in a Call of Duty has-to-study clause. And then... Kyler Murray comes back and says, that was embarrassing. I've never had to study in his press conference. And everyone is like, oh, okay. All right. That whole saga broke the Cardinals locker room, broke the season. Trading for Hollywood Brown. Their star wide receiver getting popped for drugs. It it was never going to work. They went all in on last year. This year just never was meant to be. The Cardinals are done. And I don't know if it's Kime or Cliff, but I think both of them will eventually be fired. That's the GM and the head coach. This also off the text line, the final helmet sticker from the Raylan. We'll read that one real quick. Uh, helmet sticker for the radio crews for Seattle and Houston. 18 innings. Yeah. That's a long haul right there. Uh, they swept them in four games. That's pretty incredible. Uh, overreaction Monday, if they start Baron Morton this weekend, I'm going to do a backflip off my couch and onto my table and break it Bills Mafia style. Well, go ahead, because the quotes coming out from Jerry Maguire and Media Day, Media Day, and his media availability today sure seem like Baron Morton is the starter. Now, we're still getting all the... This guy is is practicing, and this guy's healthy, and that guy's healthy, and we might see all three. And if he's if he's cleared, then we'll do that. But he also said, Joey McGuire also said today that Baron Morton was taking the majority of the snaps of the ones. To me, that means he's the starter. There was also clarification later on that said. Um, well, we'll start the guy who has the best week in practice. Well, if the best guy is practicing with the ones all week, he's going to have the best week in practice. I would assume, and again, I'm having to assume because 
the head coach is not just flat out saying it, so I'm having to do some legwork here. But I would assume that Baron Morton is the starter, and it's his job to lose for another week. I I honestly do not know what's going to happen when Shuck is cleared with a week of contact practice behind him. So I think that night game against Baylor is another thing, but maybe it's, uh, hey, Baron, you're the guy until you're not, so go out and do what you can do. Go out and, and be the guy. And if he goes out and hangs 50, a 50-burger 50 on West Virginia, and you beat him by 20, hey, Baron, you're the guy against Baylor. And then if they lose to Baylor, it might be Shuck the next week. It might be that tenuous. Maybe so. Or if the offense is good and Barron's rolling, Barron plays out. If Tyler comes in and he's bad too, we don't know where we're going from there. But I think right now it's just, why mess around? Let's just play the next guy, and then if he's good, we'll keep playing him. We'll just ride the hot hand. And for what it's worth, Donovan, in the stretch, right, played well enough to keep his job. Now, he had spots where he was bad. I bet he had a pretty short leash in Lubbock against Texas, and then he beat him. So he got another round against Kansas State. NC State down. Houston up because of the finish. But there was a reason why Baron Morton started in Stillwater. And I don't think all of it is injury. This off the text line, why not Sean Payton as the head coach with Cliff as the offensive coordinator and Dan Quinn as the defensive coordinator, even if the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl this year or not? Well, if the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl this year, I don't think Mike McCarthy's leaving. Uh, and if the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl this year, you're going to have to do something to keep Dan Quinn because Dan Quinn will get a head coaching job. In fact, Kellen Moore might also go get a, a head coaching job. If the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl, Mike McCarthy might be the only guy left standing. That's what happens when you win Super Bowls or go to Super Bowls. Um, and this defense, I think it's more important to keep Dan Quinn intact and happy than it is to go get Sean Payton, who, by the way, is just Mike McCarthy. <laughs> I know. Mike McCarthy won one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Sean Payton won one with Drew Brees. Now I I would prefer Sean Payton. I'm not I'm not saying that as like being crazy, but I, I would just as soon have Dan Quinn who's orchestrated this defense, and maybe he's Wade Phillips. Maybe he's just better as a, a defense coordinator, but he did take the Falcons to the Super Bowl with Kyle Shanahan's offense. 
So I, I don't know, but I, I don't I don't foresee Mike McCarthy being a long term guy in Dallas. And it might take a a ten win, twelve win, fourteen win season, and then just a brutal playoff loss. Like last year, which I tried to put out of my mind. Uh, but I don't know. I, I'm just so in and out on the Cowboys right now because the roster is is fine defensively, but they've just mangled the offense to a point where you, you kind of have to be perfect on defense to win. Now, that is a, an absolute recipe to win in the NFL. You've seen a lot of teams do it. You've seen a lot of teams throughout the years. Uh, uh, when the Broncos went to the Super Bowl, Brock Osweiler was leading them for a majority of that season, and Peyton Manning was throwing absolute ducks. That was not peak Peyton Manning. I mean, you could name a lot of quarterbacks. Brad Johnson's a Super Bowl winning quarterback because the defense was elite. Trent Dilfer, Matt Hasselback went to the Super Bowl. So I think you can do it. You just have to to be safe about it. And and again, Mike McCarthy's the head coach this year, so we're really just playing with overreaction Monday. But it's interesting to talk about because there are going to be some pretty great coordinators that were head coaches this year that are back out there next year. All right, we'll take the break here. When we come back, it's Overreaction Monday. If you have an overreaction, text it, 806-855-3712. This from AJ. Our Padres are winning the NL pennant this week. I'm in. I'm in. It's Rob Rose Show. We'll be back after this on Talk 103.9 News. Money, sports. Welcome back. Rob Rose College Tailgate Show is on Saturdays. This is just the Rob Rose Show. Oh, man. I'm going to do that all year. Do it for months afterwards. Uh, this off the text line. Again, 806-855-3712. This is the Rob Bro Show. I'm the host. You're the co-host. Please text in 806-855-3712. This off the overreaction Monday point. And it's a, it's a weak gentleman's overreaction. Because it's it's couched with a question mark, uh, but it is West Virginia's offense is good. JT Daniels twenty four thirty seven two hundred eighty three yards one touchdown one interception. Mathis Junior twenty two carries one hundred sixty three yards that's seven point four a carry two touchdowns. Johnson Junior twelve carries forty eight yards that's four yards a carry. One touchdown. A couple of pretty good backs. Prather had eight catches for 100 yards. James had three catches for 50 yards. Bryce Ford Wheaton, their best player, five catches, 51 yards. 
Running backs had a couple catches. Then you go to the special teams. Uh, One punt return for four yards. One kick return for 29 yards. They made both the field goals and five extra points. Punted three times, had one inside the 20. So the punting was fine. Played the field position battle well. Got some turnovers against Baylor. In fact, Baylor had four turnovers. West Virginia had one. So we're going to take three there. Time of possession was even. Baylor was 3 of 3 on 4th down, but 4 of 11 on 3rd down. West Virginia 7 of 13 on 3rd down. 0 for 1 on 4th. Baylor had 590 yards of offense. West Virginia right at 500. Is the West Virginia offense good? I am really excited for Texas Tech-West Virginia, but Texas Tech is a seven-point favorite as we stand today after opening at four. And that was a quick turn. That was a quick turn. Baylor also at an eight-point favorite over Kansas. And I think today, as I stand here, as God is my witness, it is more likely that Texas Tech wins by seven against West Virginia than Baylor wins by eight against Kansas. Is Kansas offense good? Yes. Is Baylor's offense good? Uh, I don't know. I I don't know. And I don't think their defense is good either. I think TCU has the best offense in the conference. Followed closely by Oklahoma State. Followed closely by Texas. Followed closely by Kansas. Kansas State is the weird one. Because I think they're good enough. I think they're good enough on offense. I I don't know that they're explosive like the other teams are. But they're right there with the rest of the top offenses in the league. And then I think Texas Tech would be next. That leaves Baylor, West Virginia, and Iowa State with Oklahoma all below. And Oklahoma probably right there with Texas Tech and that grouping. But West Virginia and Baylor, I think, are two bad football teams that played a bad game together. And Kansas was right there with them playing West Virginia to overtime in Morgantown. I'm... Moderately excited that you don't have to go to Morgantown. <laughs> Moderately. I think they're much better there, but I don't know. I just I don't feel much. I don't, I'm not scared of West Virginia. I'm not scared of the offense. I think they have some good athletes. I don't think they're good. Old NASCAR Neal and Graham Harrell 
are not putting together a threatening offense. And I think Texas Tech's defense is better than Baylor's. I think Texas Tech's defense is better than Kansas. Now here's where I put the obligatory, we'll see on Saturday. Because I think you learn a lot about Texas Tech in the next two weeks, but I mean, good grief. I, I, I don't think JT Daniels is good. And, and I don't think a game against Baylor, as good as they were last year, proves anything because they have some guys hurt and they turn the ball over four times. Four times. Uh, this off the text line from a very special friend. Uh, backtracking to you and Hyatt talking about Cliff. I think Cliff has seriously uh, deficient as a head coach. Look at Buffalo. They pick up Leslie Frazier as D.C., and they have a stellar defense. How did Frazier fail at Arizona? I think Cliff is fired by the end of season. Yes. Yes. And a lot of guys, we talk about all the time, a lot of guys are just coordinators. And it's not a negative. Like, Wade Phillips is one of the greatest defensive coordinators of all time. He was an awful head coach. Awful. Some guys just need to focus on their lane, and I think Cliff Kingsbury's lane is offensive coordinator. Now, we talked about in the last show, would a college hire him? Yeah, they would. They would. And they would say, well, we'll, we'll do it different. We'll, we'll, we'll put recruiters with them. We'll hire a defensive coordinator that can be with, though he'll be the associate head coach. We'll, we'll put everything around him that he needs to be successful. And if Cliff Kingsbury wants to do that, he absolutely could. 100%. 100%. He could also get pretty much anyone fired if he was like, yeah, I'll be your offense coordinator. He's that good. And I think people respect him in that way. But yes, he's got serious deficiencies as a head coach. He just does. And and as a as a program builder and a locker room guy, I don't know. And I, I don't think I can pin everything on Arizona right now on Cliff Kingsbury because he's been very good. He's been better every year. But I do not think he makes it out of this season as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. And in some ways, I say good for Cliff because Arizona is a a pit of despair, and I don't think anybody's going to be truly successful at Arizona. And he gets out of, uh, of the way of uh, Kyler Murray, which that was his fault too. But I don't know. I I I don't think it's an overreaction really to say that Cliff's going to get fired this year, though. I think he's he's not the odds-on favorite, but he's right there in the top two or three. It was certainly not a surprise to have Matt Rule fired first, though. And he will definitely be back at the college level. Let's take the break here when we come back. More overreaction Monday. A question about Kansas and more. Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. It's the Rob Bro Show. You can text in for overreaction Monday, 806-855-3712. We'll be back after this.
Welcome back. Rob Rose called Shogate Show. Yes, again. I said it again. I can't read and talk at the same time. This is the Rob Bro Show. The Tailgate Show is on Saturdays, Rob. Wake up. It's Rob Bro's show right now. Happens every day at 1 o'clock on the weekend, uh, weekdays. Weekends, it's the College Tailgate Show on Saturday. I don't do anything on Sunday. That's my rest day. It's the Sabbath. I just watched the Cowboys lose to the Eagles. By the way, uh, overreaction Monday, cut Cooper Rush. Just cut him. Quit quit doing all this junk. All right. Uh, I don't think Kansas can beat Baylor at Waco. That's off the text line. 806-855-3712. I have an overreaction in response to this text. Baylor is the worst team in the Big 12. I'll say it again for the people at home. Baylor is the worst team in the Big 12. One more time, just because it feels good to say. Baylor, the Baylor Bears, the defending, reigning, Big 12 champion. Worst team in the Big 12. I think Kansas has improved. I think West Virginia is generally worse, but one on the, the, the game, head up. Iowa State, I think, has a legitimate defense, and I think Baylor's just bad on both sides. Now, you could look at that game and say, you know, Rob, Baylor turned it over four times. It was a bad game, not a bad... It was a bad performance, not a bad team, right? Yes. Especially because one of those was a scoop and score. So offensively, Baylor scored more points. Uh, even more points on the blocked uh, extra point return for a two-point conversion. So there's nine free points in a swing that was not that big. So I'm probably leaning toward West Virginia still being the worst team, but they won heads up. And on power ranking Thursdays, I'll probably... Power rank Baylor ahead of West Virginia, but I think Iowa State is better at defense than any of the other two teams there in those three. I think they're better on defense than Baylor does anything, than West Virginia does anything. There's not one single thing that Baylor does better than Iowa State plays defense. And again, I know we have some heads-up matchups, but I would say those three are the three worst teams in the Big 12. Now, there's a danger in me saying this. There's a danger in me saying that West Virginia, Baylor, Kansas, and Iowa State, and Oklahoma are the five worst teams in the Big 12. Here's the danger. You play all of them. Texas Tech plays all those teams. And every time you lose to one of them, you go down. If you lose to West Virginia, what is Texas Tech? If I'm sitting here saying that they're one of the worst two teams and they beat you, what are you? You're one of the worst two teams. There's a lot to play for this weekend. And it's going to be at 2 o'clock in Lubbock. And then 
You head off uh, to bring Baylor in. You don't head off. You keep Baylor in town, in Lubbock, where they've not won since 1990. And you what? Get him at 6.30, night game, Patrick Mahomes. I'm assuming a blackout. Don't take that as gospel yet, but I'm assuming a blackout. Not just because Matt Wells said every night game was going to be a blackout from here on out, but I would just, I feel like October 29th night game is the perfect situation for a blackout. I mean, call me Captain Obvious, but that feels right. And if you put that all together, that feels like a, another win, right? I mean, that is bad news for Baylor. But Texas Tech has a real chance to go to top half of the Big 12 after two games and has a real chance to be ninth or 10th in the conference after two games. A real chance at either way. And I think both are fairly, I mean, both will be within a touchdown. If Baylor struggles with Kansas, I think you'll be favored in both. If Baylor loses to Kansas at home, you'll be favored by a touchdown against Baylor too. Uh, What's a little bit funny is we were deciding what these lines should be before the game. And my uh, Gambling Gauchos co-host, Kyle Jacobson, said four for West Virginia. And I said seven. It started at four and went to seven. Which we were pegging the opening line, but I, I think a lot of people feel like I do. And Vegas feels like Kyle does. So we'll see where this line ends. And maybe we're fading the steam and, and it'll be a closer game and you're leaning toward West Virginia, but man, is this game important. And I thought you had a big opportunity in Manhattan. I thought you had a bigger opportunity in Stillwater. And as these conference games stack up and you come back home, these next two games, swing-wise, swing-wise are the two most important games you play all year, West Virginia and Baylor. These are the two most important games you'll play all year because your season is either going to be you know, fighting for an Alamo Bowl in two weeks or fighting for a bowl period in two weeks. And those make you feel two different ways. Two very different ways. It's overreaction Monday. A couple of more overreactions here from the world of Twitter. <laughs> Uh, this guy, <laughs> Sawyer's correct to me saying uh, that Cliff won't be the Dallas Cowboys new offensive coordinator, but the Kansas City Chiefs uh, new offensive coordinator. Is Biennemi ever going to leave? Uh, is he ever going to leave? Uh, J- Jackson says the same thing. Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator Cliff Kingsbury. Um, This overreaction, Texas Tech got no respect after playing a near-perfect bye week. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Though they are uh, 
minus seven right now against West Virginia, which is pretty good. Um, all right. Uh, let's talk about the do theory when we come back as, as it pertains to Kansas State. This is the Rob Bro Show. We also have a Cliff Kingsbury text message when we come back. Off the text line, Cliff will have a less lucrative but better suited career as an OC for some West Coast Urban Pro Team. West Coast Urban Pro Team. West Coast Urban Pro Los Angeles? Uh, he's not going to go work for Sean McVay. Sean McVay is the offensive coordinator. Um... San Francisco, he's not going to go work for Shanahan, West Coast. He's not going to work for McDaniels in Vegas. Not really on the coast. Seattle, is that urban enough for you? I don't think Pete Carroll would want to hire Cliff. He's more of a... Greg Roman kind of guy. So I don't know. I think the allure of the star and maybe coming home to Texas and, and Dallas or going to work with Patrick. I do think there's something there. And if he could finally, if Cliff Kingsbury could finally learn from a an actual real, the only mentorship he had in his career as a coach, not as a backup quarterback in, in New England or as a starting quarterback at Texas Tech with Mike Leach and, and Spike Dykes, the only mentorship he had as a coach was with Kevin Sumlin. That's his frame of reference of how to run a program. Brutal. Uh, back to the text line. Agreed on the cliff uh, leaving... Arizona, um, not by choice. Uh, Cliff could have had almost any quarterback in Arizona, and he screwed up his choice. Yeah, Kyler Murray, as much as Cliff, I think, has some deficiencies as a head coach, Kyler Murray just has deficiencies as a leader. And somehow it's gotten worse. And Well, not somehow. I'll tell you why it's gotten worse. And peg this to, as an overreaction if you want to, but you look back at the offseason – in that press conference where Kyler Murray's like, you can look at my track record, man. I, everything I've done is great. How, how can I do that without working hard? Uh, a lot of people do that when they're young and insanely talented. I, I never did homework, and I still passed all my classes. Does that mean I'm that I worked hard? No. 
Kyler Murray won a bunch of games at Allen because he was better than everyone else. He won a bunch of games at Texas A&M and Oklahoma because he was supremely talented and he was put in a good offensive system. In the NFL, you have to work hard. You can't just, everyone's as good as you now, Kyler. It's not just that, oh, oh man, I was working hard. No, you weren't. You didn't work hard at Oklahoma. You were just better than everyone. At some point, you have to turn your talent out and just say, all right, I'm not good enough anymore. Let's work hard. A lot of NFL players were always the guy in high school and then got to college and had to work hard. Kyler Murray didn't ever have to do that. And then he was picked number one. And he didn't have to do it early in Arizona either because he had DeAndre Hopkins. And he could just run around and throw it deep. Now he doesn't have that guy, and he's having to work hard, and it's it's foreign to him. And I think it's creating dissension. And I, I, I seriously think that contract thing created dissension in the locker room too. I do not think they ever got over that. Uh, this from a first-time texter, long-time listener, former co-host. Uh, Baylor definitely has the worst quarterback in the conference, even with Jason Bean at Kansas. Mm. See, I think Jason Bean is pretty good. I think I think Kansas has two good quarterbacks. Uh, Jalen Daniels obviously better. Um, I think Blake Shapen. Now, is Blake Shapen out? Is he injured? Because uh, that second guy was not very good. Uh, but I think Blake Shapen's better than JT Daniels. I do. Uh, this off the text line, don't overlook West Virginia. Make more rational special teams decisions this week. Uh, yeah, I can look I can look and overlook whoever I want, and I'm overlooking West Virginia. I don't think they're very good. I think you'll beat them. Should Joey overlook? No. And they shouldn't, but I'm just a guy on the radio. I can I can overlook them. And I'm sitting here on a Monday after this weekend after seeing all of the Big 12, and my true overreaction is that Texas Tech will finish 5-1 and one in Big 12 play. 5-1. and one. And I think they can beat TCU. I don't know who they'll lose to, but I, I think you can win five of these next six. And I think you could win them all. Could you lose them all? Yeah. But I think you're good enough to be in every single Big 12 game, to win every single Big 12 game, and I think you can seriously finish 5-1 and one on this overreaction Monday after a bye week. I saw what West Virginia and Baylor put out. I saw what Texas did against Iowa State. That might be your toughest matchup. I watched the Oklahoma-Kansas game. I watched the Oklahoma State TCU game. You were just as competitive. They pulled it out, but would you have pulled it out at home? I don't know. You've won two overtime games at home already. 
Five and one finish. It's eight and four. And Joey McGuire's first year in Love It. There's more to discuss on that uh, later on. We have on an entire week to do it. We'll also get into West Virginia. No, I'm not really overlooking them. We'll talk about West Virginia all week. More rational special teams decisions, too. I, I think there is another team that has worse special teams decisions than you, and I think it's probably why they're going to lose their first game pretty soon. So we'll do that uh, tomorrow. The Raiderland also, it's time for Two Word Tuesday. We'll give that to you at the open of the show tomorrow at 11 a.m. and go from there. This was the Rob Bro Show. We'll have the Raiderland the rest of the week. We'll have this show the rest of the week. And then Saturday, we'll get you ready at 10 a.m. on Rob Rose College Tailgate Show for a day full of college football. And again, West Virginia here in town, 2 p.m. on Saturday. It's the Rob Rose Show on Talk 103.9. News, money, sports. The views and opinions expressed by the participants on this Talk 1340 program are not necessarily the views of Talk 1340, its advertisers, staff, management, or Town Square Media. Talk 103.9 and 1340. News, money, sports. KKAM and K280GU Lubbock. It's 2 o'clock. TSN News. I'm Barbara Schwartz and former President Trump going to South Texas Saturday to help get out the vote. GOP vote just ahead of early voting. We get more from TSN's Chris Fox. Donald Trump will be in Robstown, Texas, just west of Corpus Christi on Saturday night starting at 7. Texas Republican Party Chairman Matt Rinaldi calls this part of the national GOP effort to take back the U.S. House of Representatives. Not only is South Texas where the majority of the swing congressional district, well, all of the swing congressional districts are located, also, it's an area where he's tremendously popular. Texas Democrats say Trump's agenda is stealing elections and taking away rights. Judge Gilberto Hinojosa chairs the state Democratic Party. Well, anytime Trump touches anything, it's bad for whatever he touches, right? So it's bad for Texas. In Austin, Chris Fox, TSN News. Early voting begins in Texas on Monday, October 24th. Governor Abbott will meet with state and local law enforcement today in Beaumont about the growing fentanyl crisis. Then he'll talk to the media. As the investigation continues into a deadly officer-involved shooting in Fort Worth from the weekend, police say officers shot Taylor Grimes to death after he pointed a gun at them. Dr. Alex Del Carmen of Tarleton State University, who helped audit the department following the death of Atiana Jefferson, says based on initial information, this appears to be a case of suicide by cop. Which is the idea of pointing a gun or posing a lethal threat to a police officer so that that officer has no other alternative but to use lethal force. Dr. Del Carmen says when anybody points a gun at officers, those officers are completely within their rights to use deadly force. A fun day at a pumpkin patch near Temple Dangerous turned dangerous Saturday. Over 70 cars destroyed torch when a big fire ripped across a grass field being used as a parking lot. Bell County fire officials think somebody tossed out a cigarette igniting the grass. Bell County is under a burn ban due to the drought. Nobody was hurt. It's really not cold yet, but some parts of Texas are going to see the 30s overnight this week, and this is the perfect time to winterize your home. 
Courtney Klosterman, a home site inspector at Hippo Home Care, recommends having pipe covers and insulation on hand, flushing your hot water heater, changing the filters in your HVAC system. If you plan on traveling over the holidays, having smart leak detectors can save you thousands in repair bills. Pick up and detect any unnoticed water leaks that are happening, perhaps under your sink. A smart water shutoff valve can actually turn off your water for you if it senses that water is spilling into the house. And finally, Klosterman says you should clean weep holes, which will help prevent water from getting in the walls. Gasoline, a fraction of a cent cheaper overnight, 329. NHL tonight, the Dallas Stars host Winnipeg, and this is TSN News. You can depend on a Mueller metal roof. We were fortunate enough to be able to build a house on family land, and we've really enjoyed being out here. We couldn't ask for a better place to raise our boys. Our home builder, I don't believe, had ever had an experience with working with Mueller and had nothing but great things to say about the company, about the process. Everybody was professional. If anybody mentions the word metal, we say we know a guy and give them the phone number to Mueller. Find out more at MuellerINC.com. I like to say that we're a five-star hotel for airplanes. When people walk in these hangars, probably the most common thing I hear is, wow, these hangars are beautiful. Mueller metal buildings are made to last. A lot of people know Mueller makes a very good product. We like the, the metal. It withstands the test of time. It's hardy, and um, everybody was so easy to work with. If we had to do it over again, we would definitely stay with Mueller. Find out more at MuellerINC.com. Um, I'm Walter Sterling. Join me Sunday nights on Talk 1340 and KKAM.com for Sterling on Sunday. Each Sunday we'll talk about what's been on your mind all week in an easygoing and relaxed manner. Pop culture, celebrity nonsense, family issues, much more. If it's crossed your mind, we'll probably be talking about it during our Sterling on Sunday, Sunday nights from 9 to midnight on Talk 1340 and the Talk 1340 app. I'm Walter Sterling. Join me Sunday nights on Talk 1340 for Sterling on Sunday. Each weekend, we'll talk about pop culture, family issues, and anything else we can think of. Sterling on Sunday, Sunday nights from 9 to midnight on Talk 1340. Now trending on Talk 103.9. News, money, sports. A Lubbock woman is searching for a young girl that turned in a lost diamond ring. We need something to call ourselves other than Lubbockites. A list of 15 new food and drink spots coming to Lubbock soon. And a little advice to Lubbock Christmas junkies. It's still too early to decorate. All this and more on the Talk 1340 app and at KKAM.com. I'm Luke Matson. Hi, good afternoon. The Lubbock South Plains weather forecast is temperature readings are holding rather steady into the mid-upper 50s. Some breaks in the overcast and drizzle will continue through the evening. Partly cloudy overnight, low temperatures will drop into the lower to mid-40s. Tomorrow's high temperatures jump into the middle to upper 60s. The weather is brought to you by Sonic and the Chop House Cheeseburger. From the KMAX Jump Team, I'm meteorologist Ron Roberts. The following program is pre-recorded.
headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio. This is the Ramsey Show, where we talk about your life.